Hello, everyone. This is Sean Devaney with Heavy Sports. Uh, I'm here with the Celtics Collective, uh, brought to you by Heavy Sports. Uh, we've got our NBA insider, longtime Celtics beat man, Steve Bulpet with us. Steve, how are you? Happy New Year. Uh, same to you and yours, Sean. Uh, well, glad to see you. Glad to be here. Uh, we're here to talk some Celtics to figure out uh, what's going on with this team and, um, you know, maybe a, a strange time to check in considering uh, they had one of the worst performances <laughs> they've had in years uh, the other night. Uh, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll still take a look at where this team is. Still on top of the Eastern Conference, um, you know, coming off of two games where you know, the defense didn't look good, uh, to, to say the least. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check in uh, with, with where they go from here after that game. Uh, we'll look ahead to, uh, uh, to some of their three-point shooting and what's gone wrong with that lately. Uh, some roster tinkering. We'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, LeBron James uh, in a segment I like to call Let's Get Weird. Uh, that's one of Steve's favorites. Uh, and then we'll do a little look ahead uh, for what's coming next week. So uh, let's uh, let's let's start with what happened the other night, Steve. Uh, what did you see? What was uh, uh, what was going on with that team? And 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 I guess the bigger question is we we, we kind of processed what happened. What, what where do they go now? You know what 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 do they learn from that? Uh, if anything, well, I think maybe the best thing for anybody consuming this um, would be. Let's just throw my column up from today on the thing, and they can avoid our voices. Um, yeah, I, I just think that they they've got to get in the right headspace. Um, you know, this what we saw the other night um, was, and even to a degree on Sunday in Denver was, you know, shots don't fall, uh, and then they it, it affects them on the defensive end. Um, stuff we've talked about in the past, Sean, this is not uh, new ground we're discussing here. So, you know, it's it's more about the, where they're getting the proper um, approach to things and sticking with what the program is instead of uh, splintering off in different directions or um, even, you know, losing intensity when things don't go well. Yeah, you know, I mean, but there's bad habits. That's one thing. But 150 points to a uh, to an Oklahoma City team that didn't have Shea Gildas Alexander, uh, you know, that's that's beyond bad habits. I mean, you know, I don't see how you can you, you can uh, you know physically give up 150 points uh, to to that team and 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 with the 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 talent level that they have. Well, clearly Shea Gildas Alexander was holding them back. Yes, <laughs> um, you know, best player on a team that often happens. Um, but no, I mean, look, I, I think I think it can be that simple. I think, you know, uh, one pebble starts to fall and an avalanche follows, you know, um, and then particularly in a case where it's like the Celtics seem to be or the way they were playing seemed to be uh, that they were saying, okay, yeah, they just scored. We got to score now. They were, they were more interested in, you know, how do we get the Celtics offense rolling than yeah, – Right, right. They were, it seemed like the Celtics were more just trying to keep up with them. 
rather than yeah. you know let's 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 get back to playing the way we can play. And by doing that, they were taking quick shots. Um, you know, shot. They took some shots that were great and in rhythm, but the, there were too many that weren't. And uh, as I pointed out in, in the in today's story, not you know among the things that, that that happens to you when you're playing that way offensively and not sticking with your with your program and your execution is that you're kind of left with pretty poor floor balance too and that hinders you in getting back um, and you know you could see physically almost the Celtics just uh, slump you know the, visibly, um, as the Thunder started hitting more and more shots, and they were just throwing in wild stuff. You know, it was yeah. funny. It looked they looked like the Celtics looked earlier in the year yeah. when they were coming down and just throwing up stuff because they they were in such a confidence, in such a rhythm that things were going to go in. Yeah, but well, at the same time, you had thirty eight fast break points, which is just ridiculous uh, to, to to let up that number. Uh, I don't know if there was a number that stood out to you. That was the one that stood out to me because that's an effort thing. You know, no oh, yeah. question, that's an effort thing. I think uh, as uh, as Coach Paul McCartney would have preached, get back. Get back. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, indeed, JoJo. Uh, <laughs> jo- yeah, JoJo don't play there anymore. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so is, it, is, it, is it a shocker that a guy with a turntable over his shoulder would be? Yeah. <laughs> He's quoting Paul McCartney, uh, Sir Sir Paul McCartney, right? I believe he's in yeah. the. Um, a couple of things that that I did want to take out of that game though is one, I guess I would have liked to have seen more steam from the years of Joe Missoula. Uh, you know, maybe it's a situation, and 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 you talk to people and and about his personality, and and that's not really his style, and maybe it would have been. You know, he's trying to force himself to be like M.A. a little bit more, and and, and you don't want to get into that. Uh, but I wanted to see him be a little more ticked off, I guess, after the game. Um, um, what, what did you make of that? You know, what did you make of sort of the way Joe Missoula uh, handled the game? Well, two things. Number one, M.A., he really didn't come down on this team until January of last year. Remember, his, uh, his assistants were say, guys who had known him for years were saying, you know, when are you going to let in a light into these guys? And it took him a while because he said he wanted to set up things before he went in. The second thing I'll say is we don't know what Joe Missoula is saying to these guys behind closed doors. Um, so, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think what he's done so far uh, with the, uh, the lack of calling timeouts all, you know, at every, at every opponent's run is he's tried to foster the players to be more self-dependent and to figure things out. And that's something that, you know, like Phil Jackson used to do all the time. You know, I remember uh, my, what was a, a good friend, the, the, the late Frank Hamlin was assistant coach and mm-hmm. a, a Laker opponent would make a run and he'd turn to Phil and say, should we call a timeout? And Phil would just lean back and say, they got themselves into this. Let them get themselves out of it. Um, and having the, you know, having the players, you know, it's a good idea, I think, to have the players um, realize that it's going to be up to them and getting them to do it uh, and spending this time of the year working on that. Um, yeah. And I would think that maybe in this regard, 
Um, you know, he's, again, we don't know what he's presenting to them at film sessions. We don't know what the volume of his voice then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I would leave that until uh, I you know. One other thing is Marcus Smart getting ejected. Um, you know, it, it was something where it wound up being that he was yelling at refs and, 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 you know, that was probably the wrong place to point his anger. I'm all for, I give a thumbs up to especially a team leader getting ejected in a game like that, you know, like a manager uh, does in baseball. Uh, but, you know, I think you've got to, uh, I, I would like to have seen Marcus, you know, have a bit of a confrontation with a player from the thunder, you know, like that's, that's, that's where the issue is. Uh, don't, 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 don't go after the refs in, in, in that situation. That's not the way that, you know, you know, if you're trying to make a point to your team, I don't think going after the refs is, is, is the right, uh, uh, is the right way to go, but I'm, I'm all for getting ejected in that situation. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree that he should have, you know, focused his anger on the guys that were doing bad stuff to them. I'm not sure the officials, I think they might've got that one call wrong, but you know, maybe they got a couple others wrong as well, but you know, they weren't the ones that were sticking, the referees weren't the ones that were sticking jumpers in their face. Yeah. Um, in, in today's story, um, I, I went back in my uh, archives yeah. and found, because it, it's always stuck with me. Um, it was Doc Rivers' first year as coach. It was December of 2004. And the Celtics had been up by 20 uh, in Sacramento. And they were about to go down by more than 20. And there's a free throw going on. And Ricky Davis uh, starts complaining about a call. And my official Monty McCutcheon put up his hand and just said, don't you dare try to blame me for this. Um, and I would say the same it's like you know don't I think it's again unseemly to be you know taking out anger on officials when you're letting the other team kick sand in your face yeah exactly yeah and and I think anytime that uh that you can write a story that brings up uh Ricky Davis's uh Celtics days I'm all for it I'm uh, gonna he had a he had a get buckets tattoo on his Remember own. the triple double he got in Clee when he was playing sure. with the Cavaliers. He uh, yeah. was one rebound shy, so he intentionally missed his shot. They were getting beat by twenty five or something like that, so he intentionally misses a shot, gets his own rebound, uh, and gets himself probably the worst triple double in uh, uh, in league history. Uh, well, let, he, let's move he, on. Again, he, he had he had that get, get buckets tattoo, and yeah. I always asked him. I said, like, you know, where's your, you know, dig in and play defense tattoo? As well. Justin <laughs> Reed's got that. <laughs> get buckets yeah well if he, if he hadn't been a basketball player i guess he could have been a like a milk farmer right raise cows get buckets yeah i all think right. you can show yourself out after that one too. <laughs> <I will. laughs> all right uh let's uh move on to the three-point shooting because um you know i think what we saw the last couple games and and, and you kind of mentioned it is that when the shots stop falling what do you do uh, and 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 part of what the Celtics had going for them when they were 21 and five, I'm going to be looking down at some of the numbers here. 21 and five, uh, they shot 40 percent from the three-point line. Uh, that was the best in the league. They had the best record in the league. Uh, the last 12 games, things have gone much different. They've shot 31.1 percent. That's 28th uh, in the league. 
<clears throat> little wonder that they're five and seven in those games. And now I'm going to go through uh, each player uh, that's that's been sort of underperforming, let's say. Uh, Derek White has been 22.2% over the last 12. Sam Hauser, 29%. Marcus Smart, 30%. Jason Tatum, 31 Jalen Brown, 32 So this is... Um, you know, I guess you can call it reversion to the mean. I mean, they were they were shooting at, at a rate that there was no way they were going to be able to to keep up with that all year. Uh, but I guess the question is now what, right? I mean, like you know, if 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 they're going to kind of come back to being uh, an average or even just a, you know above average NBA team in terms of three point shooting, they've got to still find ways to win games. They can't. They can't rely on shooting 40% from the three-point line. Uh, but, but okay, then then what do they do and, and, and why are they doing it? Because, uh, uh, you know, they, they're going to have to win games, especially get to the playoffs. You're going to have to win games where you don't make the shots. Well, look, the, the first step to making more shots is to take more good shots, right? And that means ball movement. That means in rhythm. That means guys squared up. Um, Joe Mazzilla has said he liked the team to take more threes. And what he means by that is he'd like them to to be in position to take more good three-pointers. I mean, the math just works on that, right? Yeah. We've we've figured it out by now. But to your point of how do you win games uh, when you're not, when the shot's not falling? Well, it's simple. You you just have to dig in harder on defense. Okay. You know, it's like playing blackjack. You've got to, you know, find ways, betting patterns to, to win more hand, to, uh, win money when the dealer's winning more hands than you are, right? And it's different, you know, it's simple. Um, up your defensive intensity. That does a couple of things. Number one, obviously, it can, uh, if you extend your defense, it keeps your opponent from starting its offense early in the shot clock. Then you make them start later in the shot clock, give them less time to find their openings. <clears throat> also, you can create turnovers, and turnovers create uh, transition. Transition creates uh, easier baskets. Um, and that kind of thing, you know, can, uh, you know, obviously work on a couple different levels. Plus for you, gets into the opponent's head. Um, you know, those are the things. And, and other, the other good thing I'm kind of was uh, leaving out here is that when you're in transition, the ball finds energy. Yeah. Hey, the ball's out there, guys. Let's chase. Who wants to play? And that, I think, sets your team up well. If if guys are, are running for the ball, you know, a few times I've watched these games, um, and it, it kind of stuck out the other night, they'd get um, what would appear to be a transition opportunity, and it's like, okay, who, who's running with? Where's the, you know, and a lot of times it can just be, you know, sometimes the most important guy on a fast break can be the guy that does the the sacrificial running, you know, just runs the runs the uh, the wing, knowing he's not going to get the ball, but he but he sprints but, but the, the defense left has corner. to pay attention to him, yeah, yeah, and that keeps the uh, you know the middle uh, a little more open. Um, so you know um, that kind of stuff, that kind of energy, that kind of willingness to sacrifice, um, that's the stuff the Celtics got to get back to. They were. They were celebrating earlier in the year the guys that would do the sacrificial running, the guy that would make the seal that would allow the guy to the, the lane to the basket. You know, the guy that does the seal gets no stat out of it, right? 
but he holds off the the you know the defender, the, the help defender, and he creates the bucket. Perhaps he probably did more work to create the bucket than the guy who scored it. Yeah, yeah. But that's the stuff that wins. But it is it. It's a tricky thing because they can. If you look at the numbers, first off, I, I went back and I did look at the numbers and just said, all right, well, are they taking more contested threes? Are they getting worse shots? Uh, and that's not the case. You know, the, the the if you look at the NBA numbers on, on wide open shots and, and very open shots, I think very open is six to 10 feet is the closest defender and wide open is nobody within 10 feet. They're getting the same percentage of shots. Uh, uh, in those circumstances on their three pointers, uh, but they're just they're, the numbers are just crater. They're not making them the way they were. So, so you know that's that's the first thing is that you know they're 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 still getting these good shots, uh, but you know even wide open in an NBA game, you're 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 going to have nights where you make thirty percent of them. So the question is, do you say, all right, let's let's push forward and keep trying to shoot these because eventually they'll fall, or do you say we got to do something different? You know, sometimes by the time you say you're, you let's do something different, you're down eighteen. You know, and 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 you know that's 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 one of the problems I think uh, I, I I see them get into. Well, I can I'd look at it and I'd say. First of all, the analytics can be specious. You know, uh, a guy can come down on a, on a fast break, pull up and take a three. You know, uh, it's according to the analytics, it's a wide open three. Is it a good shot? <clears throat> is the guy squared up? I mean, all these yeah. different things, you know. Yeah. And again, is it in rhythm? Um, uh, so the analytics on that, I'd, I'd need to go further. I'd need to go deeper into it. But to the second point, yeah, I mean, um, there is a variance with with any shot, but certainly the further away from you, you are from the basket, you know, that your percentages are going to go down most likely. Um, <clears throat> and I still remember and bring it up all the time the conversation I had with uh, with Greg Popovich a few years ago. We we're talking about how crazy the league was. He goes, "Hey, yeah, a team." You know, goes a few games without miss uh, without making some three pointers. Everyone takes so many of them nowadays that can give you a losing streak. You mm-hmm. know, and he goes, "It's just crazy." But are there Celtics? Are they getting their three pointers after they have a, an, a, an attack of the paint? I mean, you've got to go inside to out. You know, mostly um, that gets the defense further away from you, but it also squares up your shooters. Um, those kind of things. So if you don't, if you don't investigate the lane first, if you don't try to get in some penetration and then toss out, then I think you, the shots you get, I mean, uh, are just not going to be as good. And again, the, you know, you want to make more shots, you start by taking better shots. Let's move on here, Steve, because there's something I've uh, been thinking about. Um, which is always a dangerous thing, as you know. Um, that is, you know, here we are at the beginning of January, and that means that uh, the Celtics are going to have, like all teams, some some contract decisions to make. Uh, things will get guaranteed um, on January 10th for a lot of players. I know Luke Cornett uh, being one. Um, you think that the Celtics picked that up, but uh, do you expect from what we've seen uh, that that's something that they're going to – you know, I, I, I certainly would have said in October – I don't know, you know, that, that, that it's it's probable, but I don't know. 
Um, I think he's probably shown enough to where they're going to go ahead and uh, give him the, you know, I think it's two million bucks, uh, the, the rest of the guarantee. Uh, what's your what's your thought? What are you hearing on that? I think it really comes down to what the Celtics think would be available um, to them. Um, buyout market stuff, whatever. Um, because right now, uh, especially with, with Rob Williams coming back, um, Luke Cornett is going to struggle for getting minutes. Uh, and, you know, even a guy like that that has fairly, you know, simple and well-defined, a simple and well-defined role, you still need some minutes to, you know, to be in the game, uh, to be able to do, be able to produce what you can, uh, to be able to contribute what you can. Um, so I would think that it's going to re- going to depend on what they think is going to be available out there. Yeah. Uh, clearly they didn't think that there was much uh, earlier in the year. Um, and I'm not sure a lot of that has changed. I'm not sure teams have, uh, anyone has really changed any team has really changed its position uh, or knows that much more than it did in October right now, because there's, you know, teams that are still on the periphery. Um, and again, if you go out and get like a, you know, it's hard for them to make a trade. We know that because of their cap situation. Um, yeah. And is the guy you pick up who is going to be someone that someone else doesn't want, is he going to be better for you? Um, and at uh, a, a fairer price, as fair a price as Luke Cornett will be. It's 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 going to be tricky. I, I think Cornette, you know, just given the fact that there are questions about uh, about Rob Williams and and you know you don't want to play him on back to backs and things like that. And 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 of course we have uh, you know Al Horford's age to to be worried about as well. If you're the Celtics. Um, I think Cornette's probably pretty safe. Not so sure about Justin Jackson, uh, uh, you know, Vaughn. You know, I mean, uh, other guys, um, you know, might be in the in a different situation there. Yeah, I can see, you know, one or both of those guys, you know, um, perhaps not getting picked up just for, to, for the simple idea of keeping roster flexibility. Look, if if Rob Williams goes down or if a major rotation player goes down, there's – probably no one the Celtics are going to be able to pick up um, at this point in the season that's going to keep them um, in the same on the same level, right? You know, they, they would miss a guy like that too much. Um, so, uh, yeah, but, you know, I could see them again. Um, someone that, that has clearly been reduced to mop up at best, um, you know, uh, being let go and then, you know, keep that spot for, uh, for a buyout or, or something like that, or it's like in a, a guy that's like an emergency pickup. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what, what they, they are on the clock though, with that TPE, the Hernan Gomez uh, uh, traded player exception uh, January. So they've got two weeks, January 19th uh, that expires at 6.9 million bucks. If they can, you know, trade somebody into that slot. Um Again, I, I, I agree with you, though, that I'm not sure that they see anybody out there who's going to be worth bringing that in. Um, you know, certainly if your ownership 
you have to be able to justify, you know, if you're going to bring in a $6 million player, you're going to pay him more than $20 million with the luxury tax. You know, you've, you've, you've got to be sure that this is going to be a guy who's going to help you uh, uh, actually win. And I don't know that there's somebody out there with that. At the same time, do they want to let that, uh, do they want to let that, uh, that TPE just expire? Well, they, they had really good luck with PJ Brown in 2008. And I, I think he might still be available. They, <laughs> I bet he could still knock down a 16-footer, too. I wouldn't mess with P.J. Brown. I don't care how old he is. <laughs> um, all right, Steve. Uh, as promised, let's get weird here. Um, and I know you love the the, the hypothetical trade talk. <laughs> that uh, uh, That's probably not going anywhere, but uh, it's... Uh, could you, could it's you hear my eyes rolling? Yeah, I could. I could hear them all the way from here. Um, yeah, so, you know, I... I, I talked to some executives and 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 nobody thinks that the Lakers are about to put LeBron James on the on the trade market uh but the the reaction that I get is that you know it's something now that that more than ever could happen that that it's something that is is at least has some potential um um you know whether in the off season or what um uh, that 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 his lack of happiness and he doesn't want to close out his career uh with the way things have been going in Los Angeles that uh, that 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 there, there's a chance he could be traded, and and I don't think we've ever said that about LeBron James, unless you count, you know, one of those uh, sign and trade things like to 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 Miami. Um, so, LeBron James, uh, what do you think, so LeBron James and Green? Could you imagine it? Could you see it? Could you imagine the Celtics making a deal for LeBron James? I think the most important thing. The most important statement I can make right now is um, say no to drugs. <laughs> fair, fair. That's fair. This is your brain. This is your brain on crazy trade rumors. Um, I think it's January, man. Come on, this is what uh, this is what why we're here. Mister S. Devaney suffering greatly from cabin fever. Um, look, I, I I think the hilarious part here is that I, LeBron despises the Celtics. Um, and it's it's funny. I've tried to get him to talk a couple times about even the fact that he's involved business-wise with the Fenway Sports Group. Right. But he, you know, is not a fan. You know, that was a business thing and uh, and all that. But he is like, you know, he really, since back in a preseason game in Columbus, when I think Paul Pierce and him got into it. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember that night. Um, but it's, I don't, you know, I think he would, uh, I think um, if, the, if the Lakers ever traded LeBron James to the Celtics, um, he would immediately uh, sign a contract with the Birmingham Barons. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's, 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 it's a, it's probably the, the, the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest thing to keep in mind there is that if the Lakers were to trade LeBron, it would have to be some sort of collaborative effort where, you know, he's yeah. going to be involved in, and wherever he goes. Um, and, uh, and he ain't going to Boston. Well, that's, but that's the interesting thing though. I mean, it, it, you look at, look, the, the man's a Colossus. Um, and you look at the Lakers situation and they have to figure out how can they dig themselves out of this? And, you know, the thought of <clears throat> could you trade one player and rebuild your team? 
I mean, the Celtics essentially did by trading Pierce and Garnett to to Brooklyn, right? Um, mm. And getting the huge, you know, uh, pack of uh, of draft picks uh, and tra- pick swaps, etc. Um, and of course, Gerald Wallace, um, Chris Humphreys. Love Gerald Wallace, great dude, great man. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, if you're the Lakers, a can you afford to do? If you're being in LA, can you afford to do the long rebuild? You know, where hey. We're going to be building this with draft picks over the next five years. Um, and is there a team that will give up for you what you need to get? Um, it's wild to think about. I just don't think even as crazy hypotheticals go that Boston would be the place. No, right. I would I would think that, you know, you'd have to look at some place like Cleveland, obviously, would be the uh, the most logical um, you know, maybe a Golden State, uh, if because I don't do think Cleveland's money. logical at all. I think no. no, I mean Cleveland on its own right now. You know, um, they're in the mix in the East. You they're know? not a championship team, though. I think you you trade LeBron to them, uh, and you find a package that that works without giving up too much. That's the big key. That's you know, the thing is you're, you're going to Garland you know. or Garland or or yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but you know, do you give up Jared Allen? You know that that yeah. and Isaac Okoro, something like that. Um, you know, then then and and picks, and, and that's a tricky thing too, right? Is that you know, if if I'm a team that's taking LeBron back, I'm saying I'm taking a guy on who's got two years left, and and you know, might be a Colossus, might be an icon, and all that stuff. But you know, he's not. It's I'm not building my future team around this guy. Uh, you know, so I'm not going to want to give up too much. Uh, you know, you saw that the Nets having trouble to, to getting an offer for for Kevin Durant, and and uh, well, they were know, asking for the moon, and, and the, and the yeah. thing is, Cleveland, Cleveland's not going to be able to give up draft picks because they're in they're in Utah now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know, hey, look, it's certainly crazy to think about what the Lakers could do because they can't do unless they're willing to trade. <clears throat> for um, you know, trade a couple of those future draft picks, which they seem pretty reticent about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, it's a recent story that um, uh, an exec was telling me that you know, look, you know, Utah, um, you know, might still want to lose some more games, and giving up Jordan Clarkson and you know what they could get back for that might be worth their while because. Um, Clarkson could fetch a lot, and he certainly would be a guy that would help the Lakers. But the Lakers would have to, you know, give up pickage, yeah, and um, you know, give up their future. Um, you know, so I, I, it's hard to put those pieces together right now. Yeah, um, but interesting nonetheless. So I've got I've got one more thing on this, and 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 we can all agree, I think that that LeBron James coming to Boston is not. Not, not not in the offing, uh, but fill in the blank. The Celtics should be most concerned about this team blank uh, getting getting LeBron James in a trade. What what would be the worst case scenario if you're a Celtics fan? I suppose Philadelphia, um, but I think you know a, a team like Toronto. Um, you know he could change their 
DNA, you know, their makeup hugely. They've got a lot of, you know, uh, really good young athletic types. Um, <clears throat> they've got uh, Fred Van Vliet is one of my favorite players, just with the kind of heart he plays with every night. Um, you know, he could alter them significantly. Um, but in terms of the East, yeah, I mean, it would be fun to uh, to be a fly on the wall for the uh, you know, to to see Embiid, James Harden, and uh, and LeBron, LeBron, you know, sitting at lunch at uh, you know at uh, Chick Fil A, and uh, you know, discussing you know their the basketball world. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, but look, Philadelphia. If Philadelphia gets its head together, right, and now that Maxie is back, that's an interesting team. Yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got three legit major players, Embiid, Harden, Maxie, and you've got some really interesting pieces to go around them, you know, uh, Tobias Harris. He's, you know, this could be a, a team to keep an eye on. And, you know, Brooklyn, you know, they – they're interesting to see, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, we all wondered, and that was the big thing. It's like, you know, they have the talent, but are they ever going to be able to get over the drama? And so far, yeah. I mean, this last run anyway, um, what comes next? You know, yeah. um, and that's, 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 that's a good segue, Steve, to the final thing. That, and, and the team that I, that I'd probably most concerned about that, that he could actually go to, would probably be Miami. Uh, you know, I do think that 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 he would welcome a chance to go back there and 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 finish out there. Uh, and you know, he'd probably have to give up Kyle Lowry. That's okay. Uh, but you know, you still have uh, if you still have Bam out of Bayou and, and and Jimmy Butler there. I think those are. Yeah, I, th- I thought about them, but I think they've they've got a, a longer way to go. But yeah, no, yeah. it's you know, yeah, they were pretty close to going to the finals last year. People seem to forget. Yeah, I just I don't. You know, they they were banking this year on Oladipo coming back and being yeah. healthy. Yeah. And that hasn't quite worked out. And, you know, I think uh, other teams have – look, the Celtics are better this year just for being a little more uh, – having a little more experience and obviously Brogdon. Um, but, yeah, um, I think the – I think others took a quicker step, uh, a, a longer step this year uh, than Miami did. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um so last thing is 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 these nets um and and sort of what you make of them um you know they're obviously they had their their winning streak snapped uh in in chicago uh but at the same time i mean this team's been looking exactly exactly like what they were supposed to look like for the last couple of years here um and i think that you know credit sean marks for Finding, I think, some really good role players uh, to go. You know, I think Royce O'Neal doesn't get a lot of credit, but you know, they lose uh, Bruce Brown, uh, replace him with 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 Royce O'Neal, who's a bigger guy and kind of fits what they want to do a little bit more. Um, you know, he's been a, a really good player for them, and they've got T.J. Warren back, and and you know, he hasn't played <laughs> two years basically, uh, but you know, him coming off the bench, he's already been. Uh, an impact player for them. Uh, so, you know, you, you have the the three stars that they've got. 
Uh, Nick Claxton has been good. Uh, but I think that those two acquisitions for Sean Marks, uh, you, you know, give him a thumbs up on those. Yeah, uh, it's they, – they still need some size, I think. Um, but they've got enough talent to, you know, to use as misdirection that, you know, maybe they can get away without it. Yeah. Um, but again, with them, you're always, you know, waiting for shoes to drop. Um, it's, I'd be keeping an eye on Sean Marks, um, to see if he starts turning, you know, just, he's going to be holding his breath quite a bit over the next several months. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, keep, keep an eye on him. Uh, um, but yeah, they're in good, they're in a good spot. We kept looking at the talent on paper and, you know, but there was, you know, the latest Kyrie thing was always getting in the way. And then there was Ben Simmons and um, would he, would he be able to play? What was keeping him from playing? Um, But we kind of thought it was going to work out perfectly because he wasn't going to be asked to do as much. Right. Um, And it looks like now, and then you take, Kyrie is just, you know, an incredible talent, no question. Durant is the kind of talent that's like, hey, he's going for it every night. Um, and you, you finally are seeing them take it from the, from the page to the stage. And, you know, how long can they keep it up? Um, that's been the question with them is, is, you know, will their heads stay in the right place? Yeah, you yeah, almost get the talent. sense. That, yeah, that, you almost get the sense that, like, if you're the Nets, you wish this had happened in March and not in December. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, because there's still plenty of time for something to get really screwed up between now and then. You know that that they would like to have, uh, you know, more drama uh, in December and then, uh, uh, you know, pull it together a little later in the year because it's almost like it, it's like if you've got a great quarterback. Uh, and and you score and you go up by two with a minute 38 left and you've given him all this time to go and get a a, a field goal. It, it's almost like the Nets have given themselves too much time to still, to, to still find something that's going to get screwed up here. But, but actually what they're doing is kind of what the Celtics need to do more of is they're establishing their, their habits, they're establishing their hierarchy, they're establishing um, how they want to play. And the more they can put that on the computer chip and have it be less of a conscious thought thing. Um, so I think it's important that they're playing this well right now, mm-hmm. this well, this early, uh, because they need to, again, you know, this is a new group. And with the guys like you're talking about, uh, you know, Warren coming back and, and things like that, they, you know, they need to be together with this group more like with the Celtics, they need to, to figure out what they're going to be doing with Rob Williams and get into that rhythm and get that, get that rotation together um, and let it play. I mean, as much as you want to be flexible to deal with matchups, et cetera, guys like to know what their role is down to, okay, I come in uh, six and a half minutes into the first quarter. You know, I'm going to be getting off the bench to go in the game. I'm preparing myself mentally for what I have to do. Um, guys like that. And I think, you know, the more they can do that, and the more the Celtics, if they can get back to realizing that they need to be the the grinders that that got them to this spot, really, you know, it's not the pretty shooting stuff. It's uh, 
it's the pretty defense, the gritty defense that's going to that really got them to be this kind of team over the years, and is going to need to be there for them to to prosper. Celtics Nets next Thursday uh, should be a good one. A lot to look forward to. Uh, Celtics have a couple games between now and then, but uh, uh, we'll see if they can get themselves back on track. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Steve Bullpett, uh, for being here with me. Uh, We will be back next week. Uh, Have a happy new year, everyone, Uh, and looking forward to uh, more Celtics basketball between now and then. Again, check out uh, Heavy Sports for for all your NBA coverage, uh, especially the Celtics, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.